0: Welcome to the Love Lab Podcast, a safe place to get real about sex. Whether you're a man, woman, single, or couple, this is the show for you.
1: We are your hosts, Kevin Anthony and Celine Remy, and we are here to guide you to go from good to amazing in the bedroom and beyond.
0: All right, welcome back to the Love Lab Podcast. This is episode 171, and it is titled, Warning Signs You Have a Hormonal Imbalance, with Dr. Michael Platt. This is going to be a little bit different than some of the topics that we usually cover, but it's going to be completely related because nothing in your body is isolated. So if you've got a problem happening physically in your body, it's going to affect all the different parts of your body and your life. And we're going to cover about how your hormones can affect your sex life and your relationship in general. So obviously there are physical things that can happen with your body that can affect your sex life, but there's also more like, you know, we would call them mental-emotional, but, but you know, your attitudes, the way you show up in a relationship that can also be driven by hormones as well. And so we want to dig into all that stuff because our guest today, his work is fascinating, and both Celine and I have read two of his books, and I'm pretty sure that most people are not aware that there are some hormonal things going on in their bodies. And and we'll, we'll get to that you know, when we get deeper into the questions, because reading one of his books, I was like, I I never would have put myself in that category, and now that I've read the book, I would put myself in that category. So, if I was surprised by that, I, I think a lot of other people would be surprised by it too. So, uh, I would say definitely, do not tune out. You're you're almost guaranteed to learn something really valuable. <laughs>
1: So before we introduce today's guest, let's give a big shout out to our sponsors, Power and Mastery. If you want to join the secret club of men who are great in bed, then check out Power and Mastery at powerandmastery.com. It is the most complete sexual mastery training for men. Whether you want to have harder erections, last longer, or increase your sexual skills, there is something for you at powerandmastery.com. <coughs> So Dr. Michael Platz graduated from NY Medical College and is a board certified in internal medicine. He is known internationally as an expert in bioidentical hormones and is the author of The Miracle of Bioidentical Hormones, Adrenaline Dominance, and the Platt Protocol for Hormone Balancing. Welcome, Michael, to the Love Lab podcast.
2: Well, hi there. <laughs>
0: All right. We have a lot of stuff to talk about. And I want to get one thing sort of out there right from the start, because if anybody's listening and they're somewhat familiar, or at least they think they're somewhat familiar with hormones, they might start wondering what we're talking about. So so my first question is, your approach to hormones and especially bioidentical hormones is quite different from mainstream medicine. And I want to know if you can kind of just start out and give the audience maybe like the 50,000 foot overview of of how you view hormones differently, maybe from
2: mainstream medicine. Interesting. The, you know, first of all, people have to understand that that hormones control every system in the body. Everything is controlled by hormones. And they should also be aware that doctors get very little training in hormones. Uh, Even hormone specialists know very little about hormones. Um, uh, So so the thing is, is is that people have to be aware that as people get older, their hormones change all the time. And, you know, when people, when women go through the menopause, the ovaries stop working. When men go through the andropause, um, their hormones go all the way down. And, you know, and things change. But um, when it comes to hormones, they have what they call bioidentical hormones. Now, all that means is is that the a bioidentical hormone is the exact same molecule that the body produces. And why that's important is that hormones act by attaching to receptor sites and different cells. So the only hormones that attach are the ones that are bioidentical. So it's an important distinction between, um, synthetic hormones and bioidentical hormones or whatever. Okay. Um, the, um, now from a, a sexuality standpoint, um, people cannot have a libido without hormones. And I'm sure they're aware of that. But when it comes to, you know, women need two different hormones for a libido. And, you know, one is progesterone and the other is testosterone. And they need both hormones. Um, Men, you know, mostly, obviously, a testosterone. Um, So, uh, but as we go along, I'll, I'll, maybe clue in more about hormones.
0: So. Absolutely. I had a follow-up question, actually, just based on what you just said, because you know people are, are, I think, acutely aware that women go through menopause. But I'm not sure that everybody has heard the term andropause. And so, yeah, I wonder if you could maybe just share a little bit about what that really means for men.
2: Okay, well, you know, what, what's interesting is that men and women have the identical hormones, um, So when I use the term progesterone, you know, most doctors and most people think that's a woman's hormone, but but men stop making progesterone right around the age of 50. Now, why is that important? Well, um, progesterone is an incredibly important hormone. And, uh, And this is the hormone that blocks insulin. You know how a lot of people get sleepy between three and four in the afternoon? You know, that's when insulin peaks. A lot of people get sleepy when they're driving. Again, that's a low blood sugar, but also caused by an increase in insulin. So, um, But insulin is also the hormone that puts on fat around the middle, and a lot of people are concerned about weight. Well, after the andropause, which is when men's hormones start going down um, and they stop making progesterone, is when they start putting on weight around the middle. Um, and the other thing is, you may have heard of prostate cancer, um, and prostate cancer is um, some people and most people know whatever is caused by estrogen, and what's interesting is that men wind up with higher levels of estrogen than women have uh, after the, the age of fifty. And estrogen, to me, is a very toxic hormone. Uh, you know, it's known to to cause six different cancers in women, but it also causes cancer in men, also. And so, but the hormone that blocks estrogen is also progesterone. So it's after men's digression levels go down is when they start getting prostate cancer so again it's a hormone that men should be very much aware of because they stop making it um, you know most men know about testosterone um, which is an important hormone obviously but um but uh and that also goes down around the same time that well actually testosterone levels start going down in the 20s and keeps on going down so, I don't know if I answered any questions right now, but, yeah, uh, that was great. I, I really just
0: I wanted men to understand that there are changes that happen in their hormones as well because a lot of times when we say hormones, a lot of people automatically go, "Oh, you're talking about women." It's oh, yeah, thing. those crazy women. <laughs> it's a woman thing with their crazy hormones, right? and I, and I really I just wanted you to make that point to our audience that, men have hormonal changes too, and they can have significant consequences. And I think you did that partially by explaining that their hormones do change. The level of progesterone goes down, level of testosterone goes down, but also that those changes in hormones can lead to significant problems such as prostate cancer. And you know, anybody that's ever studied anything about prostate cancer knows that a lot of the treatments for prostate cancer can have significant effects on your sex life. So you you don't want to go there if you can possibly avoid it.
2: You know, while we're talking about prostate cancer, uh, I I, I just want to give men my own opinion about something. Um, You know, they have what's called a PSA test. Um, It stands for prostate specific antigen. And, and, and when the level, when they do a PSA test and it's high, then they refer the, the patient to a urologist to get a a, a biopsy of the prostate, uh, which is not a pleasant procedure, by the way. And uh, what I want to say is that I never ever recommend biopsies. Um, you know what what they do? They're anywhere from twelve to twenty four sticks into the prostate with with a needle. And the thing about prostate cancer is that most men, <clears throat> in fact almost 100% of men if they live long enough will have prostate cancer but only 7% will have the kind of prostate cancer that spreads so in other words um, most men die with prostate cancer rather than from it but once you start sticking needles in, into the prostate and you're going through the capsule you know it gives the prostate cancer you know entrance into the bloodstream where it can spread all over the place so I just want to give my feeling about prostate biopsy. I don't recommend it. Uh, There are other ways of diagnosing prostate cancer without a biopsy. And and the whole thing about, you know, if you know you have prostate cancer, the main thing is that you just don't want it to spread. And so there are ways of of approaching it to control it. Um, I will get off my little soapbox.
0: <laughs> no, you know, I'm I'm really actually glad that you brought that up because we did some uh, episodes in the past on prostate and we mentioned that ourselves. We didn't go so much into the biopsy, but but similar stuff to what you're saying. And so I'm glad that you are reiterating it because it's not just coming from us doing a <laughs> podcast, it's coming from an actual expert who really knows what they're talking about. So it's good for the audience to hear that again. Exactly.
1: So One of the things I love from reading your books is a lot of the conclusions uh, that you've come to comes from observation. And what I loved is that you were talking about how well there's tests, but doctors rely so much on the tests that they, they fail to keep the observation power alive. And you've been relying a lot too on observation. You've worked with I'm imagining tens of thousands of people by now um, and, and seen it all. So why don't you tell our audience a little bit more about um, how you developed your approach and, and how you came to this understanding that you now have around hormones?
2: Um, you know, when people do read my book, uh, what they'll notice, there are no references in my books. Uh, you know to other studies or this whatever and and the reason for that is that everything I have learned I have learned from talking to my patients I had the luxury of when dealing with patients where I could sit down with them for about two hours and talk to them and that's how that's how you you know you learn about what works and what doesn't work and so looking at my books You know, one would say that it's all based on what's called observational-based medicine. In other words, medicine based on observation. However, you know, doctors have been brainwashed into thinking that the only thing to believe in is evidence-based medicine. And evidence-based medicine is is done with studies and, you know, double-blind studies and and. And there are hundreds of millions of dollars in costs. So the only people doing evidence-based medicine are drug companies, and what people don't realize, this gives them complete control over how medicine progresses or doesn't progress. Um, you know, up until maybe fifty years ago, everything was based on observational-based medicine. You know, doctors learned, they observed, and, and they learned. But but nowadays, <clears throat> you know, they don't accept observation. They just want evidence-based medicine. And it's just another way of drug companies controlling medicine and preventing people from getting well. Um, you know, I don't believe anything from an evidence-based study because you can, you can lie with statistics. You know, you can control how, they, how the study goes. I'm just saying. Um, but, again, <laughs> let me get off my soapbox.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, you're absolutely correct, which is that you know, one of the things that we really see in today's society is, you know, well, we know the drug companies are doing the studies, but basically what they're doing is they're, they're, they're coming up with their conclusion first, and then they're designing a study to prove the conclusion, which is the exact opposite of what's supposed to happen.
2: <laughs> that You're right. You're right about
1: that. So let's talk a little bit about sexual issues. And we have both male and female in our audience. And granted, it's not like we're going to be able to give them all of the solutions, but we wanted you to give some good places to start to look into when people are experiencing uh, sexual issues. So we're going to break it down a little bit with different ones. So maybe we'll start with one of the most common with men who have erectile dysfunction or problem with their erections. Um, In your opinion. Opinion, what causes that, and what what are the first steps that they can take?
2: I've never heard of that. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, erectile dysfunction. <clears throat> the um, you know, so men can have trouble getting erections or maintain erections or whatever. So, uh, and obviously, if somebody goes to a doctor and complains about that, you know, the first thing they'll probably want to do is put them on testosterone. And, um, the, um, but just, just so men have an idea, the, um, if a man gets what's called morning erections, what this means, he definitely has enough testosterone. So irrespective of what blood, blood state and others, they can do lab tests and see the problem with hormones, they go up and down all the time. So that's why it's always better to treat a patient rather than a lab test. Um, so, so if if the man is getting morning erections, he has enough testosterone and, and no, but let's say that he has trouble getting erections and doesn't have morning, morning erections. Um, and they put him on testosterone. Well, once the man starts getting morning erections, then that gives him an idea that he has enough testosterone. So when it comes to testosterone replacement, you know, they have, you know, men getting pellets inserted. They have... Uh, testosterone injections and they have cream i recommend the cream and and the reason for that is that it puts it puts you in charge um the uh, you know when you're getting injections and when you're getting pellets you you have no control but when you use the cream once you start getting one erections you know that you have plenty of testosterone so if you've been using the cream like every day then you can go to like monday wednesday and friday and if you're using it Monday, Wednesday, and Friday and still getting more erections, they can cut it down to twice a week. Um, so that's one of the benefits of the cream. Now you're saying, well, what's the problem with getting too much testosterone? Well, you know, um, it does have side effects. You know, um, you know it's the it's hormone that causes hair loss, which some men don't like. Uh, the other thing about testosterone, the main problem is, is that it converts into estrogen. And, um, and remember, you know, I mentioned that men have higher levels of estrogen than women have, you know, after the anthropoids. and that's where prostate cancer comes from. And, um, so, so it's not a good thing to have because you only have a limited number of receptor sites. So if you have too much testosterone, it will convert into other hormones. Um, so, so that's why it's, it's good to be in a position where you can actually regulate the amount of hormone that you're getting. Um, Anyway,
1: and so when somebody is converting the testosterone into the estrogen, um, that would mean probably the progesterone would be the really good cream to apply to, as the uh, opposing to to that reaction. Is that correct? Uh,
2: oh, you know, any any man on testosterone should be on, on progesterone cream. Now, you notice I sort of stressed the word cream, yes, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, because you know the thing about you know remember doctors get very little training in hormones. And and right now the primary progesterone that doctors are using is an oral progesterone, and the uh, and the prom, like prometrium or whatever. And the problem with oral progesterones, they go straight to the liver, and the liver converts it into a different hormone called allopregnanolone. So they're not getting uh, <clears throat> they're not getting progesterone. So I you know again I recommend the cream when it comes to progesterone because it goes directly into the bloodstream and it bypasses the liver. So
1: Awesome. Um, Thank you. Do you have anything on premature ejaculation? I was curious if there's a hormonal component from what you've seen for men who experience uh, premature ejaculation.
2: I, I have my own suspicion.
1: Ooh, uh, do tell. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You're going to hear it first on the Love Lab
2: podcast. <laughs> you know, you've you heard the term anxiety. Yes and you know they even have something called performance anxiety and but but anytime you you have something involving anxiety now you're dealing with a different hormone called adrenaline and um and i suspect that a lot of premature ejaculation is related to excess adrenaline um the and what's 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 good about trying to treat adrenaline you, you you can't hurt yourself trying to, you know, lowering adrenaline, um, you know, the whole thing about adrenaline, it's a hormone that nobody ever talks about. And, and yet most people, um, have problems related to excess adrenaline. You know, you may have heard of people that have trouble sleeping, you know, some, some people, um, you know, the, their mind won't shut off or they toss and turn or they grind their teeth at night and restless leg syndrome. You know, they, you know that, that that's 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 adrenaline. And, you know, people that are quick to anger, you know, road rage is all about adrenaline. Uh, ADHD, you know, there are millions and probably 100 million people in this country that have ADHD and that's all caused by adrenaline. Um, you know fibromyalgia there there are anywhere from four to eight million people in this country with fibromyalgia which is caused by adrenaline Um, but it's also the cause of anxiety it's a big cause of depression it causes you know things like ptsd and irritable bowel syndrome and it just goes on and on and it's a hormone that nobody ever talks about Um, so and it always runs in families by the way Yeah, I
0: want. So this is one of my questions. It's like two more questions ahead, but I absolutely (laughs) no, no. I I want to finish with the uh, the sexual issues first because I know you had one or two more on the list. But I absolutely want to come back to this because, uh, well, I just think it's it's fascinating. And as you said, you think there's probably 100 million people in the U.S. that have excess adrenaline. So we need to dive into that a little bit more. But first, let's. I don't want to take us too far off track where we are. Okay.
1: Well, um, and I would agree with you uh, from our own observation, having worked with uh, with clients for over a decade, the biggest source for premature ejaculation that I see is tension, tension and stress, whether it's emotional, mental, physical, and that's all connected to that adrenaline that you are talking about. So our theories match. I love that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Let's just address the women. We've talked about men here. Um, and let's just address women who experience low libido, um, and then also maybe vaginal dryness because there's sometimes they're connected. So give us maybe your, your two cents on that just to help any of our listeners with that.
2: Okay. Well, as I mentioned before, women need two different hormones for libido. You know, <clears throat> one is progesterone, the other is testosterone. Um, now, when women are in the perimenopause, you know, that's when all their hormone levels start dropping. But when they're in the menopause, that means that, all, you know, menopause just means no bleeding. But... What it also means is that the ovaries have stopped working and the ovaries produce four different hormones, you know, progesterone and estrogen and testosterone and and something called DHEA, dehydroepiandosterone. Now, the the thing is, is that the most commonly replaced hormone in the menopause, the perimenopause is estrogen, which happens to be my least favorite hormone. Uh, well, it, it, to me, it's a very toxic hormone. You know, women get cramps and PMS and breast tenderness. That, that's caused by you know estradiol. Uh, they get fibroids and endometriosis and polycystic ovaries and um, and fibrocystic breast and and. Uh, you know, which is also caused by estrogen and estrogen causes asthma, it causes migraine headaches, it causes uh, rheumatoid arthritis and lupus and 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 it causes six different cancers. And to me, it's a very toxic hormone. Um, the primary reason why a woman needs a high level of estrogen is she's trying to get pregnant. Um, other than that, you know, <laughs> but there are three different types of natural estrogens and um, and one of them is called estriol e-s-t-r-i-o-l now estriol is the only estrogen that does not cause cancer and the other thing is it's the only one that is effective for vaginal dryness so needless to say estriol is the only estrogen i that i recommend personally um it takes about 10 to 14 days to get rid of dryness it's used intravaginally um and and after that if that's the only concern Using it maybe twice a month will maintain the lack of dryness. Um, the um, so um, so it so all I'm saying is that it's a safe estrogen to use for women. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, it is so safe they've used it to treat breast cancer because what it, it you know it's too weak to cause uh, cancer changes, but it takes up the estrogen receptor sites and prevents the other estrogens from attaching to the receptor sites. So it's a very safe one. Mm-hmm. Um, the um, now I'm trying to remember <laughs> the
1: low libido. Um, I guess oh, would be yeah. connected to the testosterone as well, right? So.
2: No, here's the, the thing about testosterone. Um, I don't know if, if you're aware of this, but you know the number one cause of death in women is heart attacks. Mm. Uh, in fact, heart attacks are a cause of death six times more commonly than any other cause of death in women. Now, in men, it's 50-50, cancer, heart disease. But in women, it's mostly heart disease. And but keep in mind that when women go through the menopause, you know, their testosterone level drops. And the heart, the heart has more testosterone receptacles than any other tissue in the body. So to my way of thinking, it's an incredibly important hormone to replace in women after the menopause. Um, now, testosterone is you know, it's good for the heart. Uh, it's great for building bones, um, and but the other thing is that a woman cannot have a libido, in interest in sex, without testosterone. Um, the um, now, if women have a problem with libido and they're they're starting on testosterone, um, what what I you know there, there's a way of speeding up things in terms of libido. Um, you know there are a lot of testosterone receptors around vaginal tissue, and they can, apply it, they can apply it directly to the vulva or the clitoris. And what that does, it enhances what's called sensuality. In other words, it makes things feel better. But libido is up up in the brain. But um, so and eventually that will kick in. But you can get like a double effect. So uh, so testosterone is important. I'm recommending again the cream, not pellets and not troches and not <laughs> Injection. I'm recommending the cream, okay, uh, which you get from what's called the bioidentical. I, I, excuse me, from a compounding pharmacy, mm-hmm. and they're the ones that make bioidentical hormones. Um, the um, and you know, progesterone is my favorite hormone. Uh, in, an incredibly important hormone. Um, the um, and you know, that's normally applied to the forearm. You rub your arms together, but You know, uh, a lot of people have problems with headaches. Um, And, you know, and what's interesting in my entire clinical career, which goes back a long time, um, every person I've had who thought they had a migraine headache had a different type of headache called occipital neuritis, which is a headache that nobody ever talks about. but is much more common than migraine headaches. And what's nice about occipital neuritis, it's a very easy headache to eliminate. You know, migraine headaches are not easy to get rid of. And But doctors think that these are migraine headaches. They put them on, you know, uh, medication for migraine headaches, which don't do anything. Um, but the, uh, the most common cause of occipital neuritis, in fact, the only cause of occipital neuritis is excess adrenaline. And it causes the muscles in the back of the neck to tense up. It squeezes the occipital nerve sheath, which, and, and which causes excruciating headaches. Um, but just applying progestin cream on the back of the neck eliminates these headaches. Um, a lot of people get ringing in the ears from tense muscles in the neck. Again, uh, the, the neck muscles are cutting off the circulation to the inner ear. But again, just putting the cream on the back of the neck gets rid of tinnitus. Um, progestin is also good for what's called restless leg syndrome. Uh, You just massage the uh, progesterone into the upper thighs. It goes away in 30 seconds. Cramps in the calves and feet are always caused by adrenaline. Uh, And I should also mention that when people notice they have cold hands or cold feet, that's adrenaline. Mm -hmm. You know, it's always blamed on the thyroid, but it's adrenaline. Um, So... (laughs)
1: Okay, so we're getting very close to Kevin's question.
2: I'm going to do the ads. I'm going to just
1: we'll take okay. a quick break for our sponsor, and then we're going to come back to adrenaline and and ADHD and all of that. So today we have a special message to all the couples who are listening to our show. If you feel like you are stuck in a rut and just going through the daily motions instead of connecting the way you used to, and you are tired of stale, mechanical sex that lacks spontaneity and fun, and you don't want to live a life of average, then Kevin and I would like to to invite you to join our highly sexed power couple platinum program. If you give us 90 days, we will help you bring the passion back between the sheets and be synced up sexually so that you can thrive with more purpose and passion in life. Go to CelineRemy.com forward slash passion to learn more about our coaching program.
0: Okay, so now, <laughs> now we, we got to dive into this ADHD thing. So here's the thing when most people that are not as um, studied in it as you are, or I guess we sort of now are because we've read your book, Um, when people think of ADHD, they think of the kid in class who can't sit still, can't focus, he's causing trouble all the time. They are maybe slightly aware of adult ADHD, but I don't think most people truly understand after reading your book what it is. And here's the thing, I would have never labeled myself as ADHD because when I, prior to reading your book, when I would uh, think about ADHD, I'd be like, well, I don't have those things. I can concentrate just fine. I've worked for decades in a highly technical field. I can concentrate really well I'm like, you know, all this, like I just never really thought. But then I read your book and so many of the things that you talk about in there, I'm like, oh my God, that's me. Oh my God, that's me. Like, oh, that one too. <laughs> Everything, like um, you were talking about uh, not being able to fall asleep. Well, I fall asleep just fine, but my brain works all night long. In fact, if if somebody presents me with a technical problem that I wasn't able to solve during the day, I'll go to sleep, I'll wake up in the morning and I'll go, I figured it out while I was sleeping. Literally, like the brain never shuts down. <laughs> and there's, there's a whole bunch of other things too. You know, my hands are even a little cold right now. <laughs> and all these other things and I went wow, you know, I'm 47 years old. I never at any point in my life was told I was ADHD or or even suspected it. And then I read your book and I go, there's very obviously, I mean, I'm an adrenaline junkie, the downhill mountain biker, rock climber, martial artist, you know, all that stuff. And I'm like, oh, I think I understand finally what's going on. So I say all of that because I think there's a lot of people that, are similar to me in a sense that they would never in a million years label themselves as ADHD, but they probably are and just don't even realize it. So um, you started to talk about it before. I wonder if you could maybe go a little deeper into the types of symptoms that you would see from somebody who is experiencing ADHD and then talk a little bit about how adrenaline causes that.
2: Yeah. Yeah. You know, <clears throat> the, the whole thing about ADHD is that doctors do not have a clue as to what ADHD is all about, and neither do schools. Um, you know, a lot of a lot of people are referred to as having a learning disorder, um, but the whole thing about ADHD is not a learning disorder; it's an interest disorder. In other words, um, if somebody is with ADHD is interested, he, he can focus, but. Adrenaline makes the mind go so quickly. So if they're not interested, they get distracted very easily. And the adrenaline, you know, can also make them restless and you know, you know, hyperactive, if you will. Um, The uh, then, but the whole thing about um, ADHD is not again, it's not a learning disorder; it's an interest disorder. But the most intelligent, successful, creative, creative people in the world have ADHD. All doctors have ADHD. All lawyers have ADHD. Uh, it's adrenaline that acts as a, as a neurotransmitter that gives people intelligence. So what I'm saying is that people that are intelligent, such as yourself, will have a lot of adrenaline. Um, the, um, now, they have another type of ADHD called ADD. And these are kids that have trouble focusing, but they're not hyperactive. And these are what I call the creative type ADHDs. Um, And creative people have the most adrenaline. Um, You know, if you look at the music industry in Hollywood, a lot of drugs and alcohol. And and the reason for that is when people have a lot of adrenaline, they need something to relax, to chill out. And they get involved in drugs and alcohol. Um, You know, a lot of overdose deaths in the music industry, all related to excess adrenaline. But adrenaline is a hormone that nobody ever talks about. Um, But the whole thing about ADHD, if it's a problem, you can actually get rid of ADHD in 24 hours. Um, But people should understand that if a child has ADHD, he inherited it from one or both parents because it always, always um, is genetic. All hormones are genetic. Um, So a child with ADHD becomes an adult with ADHD. Um, Now, the most successful people in the world have two different types of ADHD. You know, you have the typical type ADHD where kids are hyperactive and you have the creative type, you know, where they have trouble focusing, but they're not hyperactive, but you can get a combination of of the two types, which I call a mixed type ADHD. And these are the most successful people in the world. Uh, The heads of every major corporation have two different types of ADHD. And a lot of them never even finished college and yet they're the heads of corporation. well, they didn't have, t- you know, they didn't want to waste time with college. They, they want to do things. Um, so, and you're probably in that category, the, the mixed type ADHD.
0: Possibly. That's what it sounds like when I read your book. You know, I used to to joke all the time about my father and my grandfather. They can't sit still my grandfather worked into his, uh, almost eighties not because he had to, he was quite wealthy and he also didn't even finish high school and built a multi million dollar business. Um, and still could not stop working, could not sit still. My dad, my dad can't sit still for anything. Like, absolutely. I think we all fall into that category.
2: So, so ADHD, it's all about adrenaline. Mm-hmm. Um, and But, you know, what people don't realize, uh, adrenaline can, problems can start at a very young age. Uh, you may have heard of babies to get colic. Colic is all about adrenaline. Mm-hmm. And these are the babies that, when they're in the womb, do a lot of kicking. And that's also adrenaline. Um, but colic, you can take some progesterone cream and, and, and put it on the baby's belly. It goes away in about three minutes. So you don't have to stay up all night with a crying baby. Uh, you may have heard of bedwetting in children. And you only see, and bedwetting is all only caused by excess adrenaline. And you only see that in creative type children, by the way. Um, and then, you know, so, so it's it's a very common permanent problem. Unfortunately, when I say a problem, excess adrenaline, very prominent, uh, common problem that nobody talks about, but it's easy to fix. Um, and what it all comes down to, if somebody has a lot of adrenaline, is that you have to treat the reason why the body's putting out adrenaline. And I don't know if you want to go into treatment. but
1: Yeah, I mean, let's let's talk a little bit about what people can do. Uh, obviously, you know, uh, dive in deeper, get the book Adrenaline Dominance uh, from Michael Platt. It's 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 full of great information, but maybe some of the first step. And um because again like they can feel the difference pretty quickly once they start addressing the root cause um
2: the um you know one of one of the unfortunate things is that doctors are not trained to treat the cause of illness they're just trained to give up band-aids and but when you treat the cause of a problem you can eliminate it and it's very rewarding getting somebody well again and 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 unfortunately doctors don't see it i You know, I I had this patient that he was 47 years old, same age. And he had uh, the reason why he came in to see me is that every morning he would wake up and vomit. Um, And the only thing that causes that kind of vomiting is excess adrenaline. There's nothing else that will cause that. And he had severe, severe fibromyalgia, which is only caused by excess adrenaline. So we're sitting there talking. I put some progesterone cream on his arm. And we, we started talking, and about five minutes after I put on the cream, he sat back in his chair, and he looked at me, and he said, Doc, in my entire life, I have never felt this good. That's after five minutes. <laughs> um, and he never had another episode of vomiting after he left. The, the point is, is that it's not hard to get people well. You just have to treat the reason why they're not well. You know, when it comes to vomiting, you may have heard of some women that vomit throughout their entire pregnancy. You know, again, that's adrenaline. Doctors don't know this. And it's easy to fix, um, but you only see that in creative type women because again, creative people have the most adrenaline. Um, so, when it comes to treatment, when it comes to excess adrenaline, um, the yeah uh, you, you have to understand that the reason why the body's putting out adrenaline is just to raise sugar levels for the brain. Now, most people do not realize that the brain uses more sugar than any other tissue in the body. Uh, you know and um, so anytime the body detects that the brain is running out of fuel, it just simply puts out adrenaline to raise sugar levels. So if you understand that, then you can understand that if you provide fuel to the brain, the body doesn't have to use adrenaline to do it. Now the brain uses two different fuels. You know, one is glucose, glucose, that which is a sugar. It's a type of sugar. It's the only type of sugar the brain uses. <clears throat> and, you know, I wish I could say candy and soda because they they are great sources of glucose, but they're highly glycemic, which means that uh, candy and soda produce a lot of insulin, which lowers sugar levels, which defeats the purpose. So the best source of glucose for the brain are vegetables because they're low glycemic. They don't produce a lot of insulin. And then the other fuel, which is even more important, are ketones. And, you know, people have heard of a ketogenic diet, uh, I don't recommend it because it's a very hard diet to accomplish. But you can get ketones directly from coconut oil and MCT oil. So if people add coconut oil and MCT oil into the meal plan and eat vegetables, uh, and they um, will get a significant drop in their adrenaline levels. And now where progesterone comes in is that it blocks adrenaline. And that's like the icing on the cake. And, you know, you could apply it to the back of the neck if there's tension or the, rest, uh, the thighs if there's restless leg syndrome. But normally it's put on the forearm. You rub the two arms together and stuff like that. Um, so theoretically, within 24 hours, you can get rid of road rage. Road rage is only caused by excess adrenaline. You know, people that get cited by, by highway patrol for, you know, for road rage, they send them to yeah. anger management class, which does absolutely yeah. nothing. <laughs> you know, they, well, I'm just saying it's, it's a waste of time. Um, the, um, but you can get a road rate, you can get rid of road rage in 24 hours just by lowering adrenaline. Um, you know, like I say, it's not hard to get people well, you just have to shoot the reason why they're not well. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: absolutely.
1: So I have been taking your progesterone cream for about three and a half weeks and, so it's it's still pretty new, and I wanted to share just a little bit about this because when we read a new book or you talk about the patient, here, it's like, oh, in five minutes they have like amazing results, and it's like, okay, and not everybody is the same. And granted, I didn't start from a place where I was experiencing those those emotional issues or any of the physical things that 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 person had. But what I have noticed for me, the biggest change is around my uh, blood sugar level, like kind of hypoglycemia. Like I feel that I'm hungry, but I'm no longer as shaking or like lightheaded in my head. Like I feel like I can go through the day. I'm much more stable. Yeah,
0: you used to get hangry a lot.
1: Hangry a lot. (laughs) And uh, that's for sure. I have noticed that I'm a, a calmer driver. I will have to admit that I'm a little bit of an aggressive driver. And so <laughs> I was noticing I was less annoyed by other people the other day while I was on the road. So I will have to say that, uh, yes, there is some truth to what you just shared
2: there. <laughs>
0: That's right. Another testimonial.
2: <laughs> uh, you know, I, what I want to stress here is that, you know, the, the cream is very helpful, but the most important approach is nutritional. Yes. Um, And so, uh, you know, that's the vegetables and the coconut oil, the MCT oil. Now, keep in mind that the brain runs out of fuel every three to four hours. So it's not a matter of having one meal a day, having some, you know, it's throughout the day. Now, adrenaline peaks at 2.30 in the morning. And the reason for that, the brain runs out of fuel around 2.30 in the morning. So the body puts out adrenaline. So a good so if people wake up during the night or have to urinate or grind their teeth or whatever, then it's helpful to eat something right before they go to sleep that will provide fuel, like some leftover vegetables from dinner. Uh, A a good vegetable if if people like sweet potatoes is to slice them up and fry them in coconut oil, and that's a good side dish. Um, The and if people need more information, I you know on my website. you know there's a meal plan to lower adrenaline um but anyway yeah yeah
1: I love that you mentioning that because it is so important for people to understand that I think in your book, you say it's about 30% is the cream, but the rest is the lifestyle is the diet because everybody always just wants a pill or a cream to fix everything. And it's the hardest thing is to make changes with what you put inside. It's changing the input of what goes into your body and people are like, oh, if the pill could just do this for me. So I'm glad that you are mentioning that because people have to understand that yes, creams and things Supplements can help, but ultimately it's the choices you make every single day in what you put into your body that will make the most difference. Um, (coughs) So before, as we are getting close to the end here, um, we were wondering if you could share only one thing about hormones that you believe people absolutely need to know, what would it be? (laughs) 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 One thing. (laughs) Um.
2: Well, what they need to know is that hormones are really important to the body, and like I like I mentioned, they control everything in the body is controlled by hormones. And as people get older, their hormone level goes goes down. Um, This is sort of an 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 aside. You know, probably the largest selling drugs that are given out to the public are, are statin drugs to lower cholesterol. But people should understand that every hormone in the body is made with cholesterol. Um, So what they really, you know, if if people really want to know the truth about cholesterol, uh, the people that live the longest have the highest cholesterol. And 75% of people that have heart attacks have it with low cholesterol. So again, I'm not saying people should stop their cholesterol medication, but I'm just saying... They should question. You know, I'm not. You know, I'm not big on drugs. I'll be honest. With you. Um, but you know, so when it comes to hormones, that's what I'm. You know, one of I'm, an important issue is cholesterol. It, it's important. Um, the um, but and they should also be aware that men and women have the identical hormones, different levels, but the same hormones. But hormones change all the time, and um, and unfortunately. You know, they're not going to get answers from doctors. You know, doctors get very little training in hormones. And that includes gynecologists, unfortunately. Um, Just want to let you know.
1: (laughs) So now that people of interest is peaked, um, obviously, you know, they can get you books. Uh, Tell our listeners where they can get more about uh, like connecting with you. Where do they go and how do they connect with you?
2: Well, I have a website. It's uh, www.plattwellness.com. P L A T T. Plattwellness.com, um, and the um, the office number um, usually goes directly to me if they ever call. So if they have questions, they can call. Um, you know, my feeling—I'll be honest with you—I think people get abused by our medical system, um, and you know, I. There was a time that I wanted to change healthcare in this country, Um, but you run into a lot of roadblocks. You know, it's tough fighting big pharma, it really is. I mean, they control everything when it comes to medicine. The medical boards, the FDA, (laughs) what doctors learn in medical school, they have complete control. Um, And unfortunately you have an entity that, um, who thrives on disease and illness, and they have no interest in people being well. And that's what controls our medical system. And the United States is on the bottom of the list of health care of all civilized countries. We have the highest incidence of all diseases, uh, including infant mortality. And, um, and that's why they won't allow preventive medicine in this country. There is no preventive medicine. But that's like I get off my soapbox again. Uh, <laughs> But yeah, so people I get I guess what I'm the, the the bottom line is that people had to become what's called proactive. They have to take care of their own health. They can't rely on a system that has no interest in their being healthy. Unfortunately. I'm I'm just saying that's the way it is.
0: You you are absolutely correct.
1: Give me chills. I was like, yes, hundred <laughs> percent.
0: Absolutely. So you want to ask our very last question?
1: Yes, Michael, we have a very special question for all of our guests. We always want to know, what is your best sexual talent?
2: My best sexual talent? Yes. Wow. <laughs> um, an interesting question.
0: <laughs> uh, We've asked that question to a lot of guests, talent. but never a doctor. I,
2: I well I I want to say consideration. Um mm.
0: yeah, that's a talent. It-
2: uh, yeah, um
0: yeah. So that you know, don't 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 laugh at that answer because it's actually really important. And in today's world it's actually lacking in a lot of people. And by consideration, I think what you mean is the fact that you pay attention to your partner and you're aware of what their needs are and what you're doing and how that affects them and and you have more of that connection. And I think that's lacking in a lot of people's sexual encounters these days.
2: So <laughs> it's a great skill to have. You say that better than I could, but that basically yes
1: (laughs) wonderful thank you so much dr platt for joining us today sharing your wisdom and your knowledge and heart with us and our listeners it was quite a eye-opening conversation
2: well it's been a pleasure i thank you for allowing me to vent a little bit (laughs) (laughs) All
0: right everybody, I I suggest you probably start back at the beginning and listen to this episode again. Not only did we cover, you know, things specifically regarding sexual function, but if you if you noticed throughout, there are so many little things in there that affect your day-to-day relationships. Because, you know, when you do coaching for as long as we have, you hear it all. You hear people, oh, it's just because just I have ADD. Or, well, you know, we can't really do this because we were up all night with the colicky child. And, like, you covered so many little things that if people could just fix them through simple balancing of their hormones, their lives would greatly improve. So, hopefully, people got some value
2: out of that. And um, Can I say one more thing? Of course. <laughs> You know, uh, if they go to my website, um, we have two different types of progesterone cream, one one with oil of lavender and one without. Uh, other than that, they're exactly the same. But five a 5% cream means that each pump is 50 milligrams. And 50 milligrams is the exact strength you need to block adrenaline. So this was specially formulated to, to actually block adrenaline. But again, remember progesterone also blocks insulin, so they won't get sleepy in the afternoon or sleepy when they're driving, and it also blocks uh, estrogen, so it can take away cramps and PMS and whatever. But it also, um, pre- you know, help prevent cancer and stuff like this. Mm-hmm. So progesterone is an incredibly important hormone that is
1: everybody underused. needs. Yeah, yeah absolutely yeah so again go to platwellness.com for more and uh, check out his books products everything that he's put out there and then not just check them out but try them and do the diet because again you can't cheat that's very important <laughs>
0: <laughs> all right thank you one more time dr Platt, for being on the show and everybody that's all the time we have for this episode so we will see you next week